NHPA's Young Retailer of the Year Awards program is celebrating its 2021 honorees and the program's 25th anniversary in a virtual event on May 5th at 2 p.m. Eastern. This award program would not be possible without the support of our sponsors, who have invested in the future of the Independent Home Improvement Channel. Thanks go out to Aerofastener, Epicor, Fluidmaster, Intertape Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. To reserve your seat for our virtual awards ceremony, visit yournhpa.org slash Y-R-O-T-Y. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagnon. In today's episode, I'm talking to David Westfall and Nick Perry, owners of Campbellsport True Value and Mayville True Value, both located in Wisconsin. Listen to the episode to learn about their two stores, what it was like to take over ownership, and their plans for the future. Welcome to the podcast, David and Nick. We're so Thank excited you. to have you on here. Great. <laughs> we are too. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, before we really get started talking about both of your stores, um, do you both mind introducing yourselves? Um, and I'd love to just hear a little background about both of you and you know, what got you into the industry, that type of thing. Sure, I can start. So I grew up in Mayville. Um, I went to Mayville High School. I worked at the store um, through high school and also through college. Um, I went to college at um, UW-River Falls, and I have a bachelor's degree in business administration. Um, all through high school and college, I was very interested in retail. Um, I grew, pretty much ended up growing up in the store is how I would put it. Um, yeah. After college, I went I worked in the staffing industry actually for seven years before I returned back to Mayville. Um, there was an opportunity for me to come back to Mayville, get involved in the business, and I took advantage of that. I was very interested in getting back into a small community and just being engaged in a small business. Nick, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself as well? Sure. So I actually grew up in Mayville just like Dave did. Um, my parents are the previous owners of the business. So I spent my entire childhood here at the store and yeah. uh, growing up as uh, the owner's ch child was always a sort of a little different than just being an employee here. Um, sometimes you take it on like you're just going to be the best employee and sometimes <laughs> you're just the owner's son. And uh, so that's pretty much my childhood was... I worked at the store and I never really took it on as like a challenge of this is what I should do. Um, after high school, I actually went to college for a little bit and then I moved to Green Bay and Green okay. Bay, I actually worked for um, the arena. I did audio video and IT for them. So I spent oh, awesome. five years there. And So did you get free tickets? Well, I, I didn't really get to go to the events. I just had to work at every single one of them. Oh, geez. <laughs> But that's pretty much like going to them. So I was all right. Yeah. Um, so I had the opportunity. So I, while I was starting there, I worked at Walgreens for about three years of that where okay. I was a manager. And it was sort of during that period of time where I started to really sort of understand and respect what we did at the hardware store. Yeah. Um, you really started to learn like, well, this is what the corporate structure works. And this is how everything's sort of working outside of a small business. And mm -hmm. I learned so many values that they sort of taught just through that. That was something that I knew I could bring back to a small business and really 
work that way. Um, um, yeah, so as a manager at Walgreens, we were doing um, all like the core values of business. And most of those core values, I realized we were doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just doing it on a much more personal level. And when I went full time at the arena, I had left Walgreens and I really liked the arena job. Yeah. Um, but I was given the opportunity to sort of come back into the business. My parents were thinking of retiring. My aunt and uncle who owned and ran the Campbell Sports store were looking to retire. And that's when they reached out to me saying, you know, we were we would be very interested if you and Dave would buy the store together. Yeah. And I took some debating and <laughs> tried to figure out what I wanted my future to look like. And the arena, that was a very technical job. Yeah. And I felt my hardware knowledge which is what I used constantly at the arena was better suited to run a business and a store Um, so that's why I decided in 2019 to come back and buy the business with Dave and that's where we're at now so tell me I guess Nick and you kind of already went into this a little bit since your parents are the previous owners and then you said your aunt and uncle uh, owned the did they each own different stores or how did that kind of structure work? And then um, like, how were, how was it for the two of you? Like, were you friends through working together or kind of just tell me a little bit about that? Well, the ownership was technically 25% for each of them. Okay. So each store was owned 25%. Um, They all had the shares of each store, but primarily Chris and Barb, they lived in, Campbell Sports, so they ran the Campbell Sports store. Okay. And my parents, Sue and Brian, lived in Mayville, so they ran the Mayville store. Okay. So then... Campbell Sport. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. So then they they all kind of were ready to retire around the same time, though? Ish? Uh, partially. I think my aunt and uncle are ready before my parents are. Yeah. But because of the ownership, you know, to purchase it, we had to purchase all the shares, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then you guys, did you both work at the Mayville store then? Yeah. Dave and I both grew up working at the Mayville store. Okay. We spent some time in Camel Sport, but a lot more time in Mayville, obviously. So do you have fun stories of like working together growing up or kind of tell me about like getting to know each other? I, in the article I read, it said that you guys, even though you're not technically related, you're basically like brothers. So I'd love to hear about the brotherhood that you formed through, through the business. If Dave wants to unmic, I will let him discuss this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So actually, my mom um, was a store manager here in Mayville for since I was a little kid, and so my mom and Nick's mom were best friends. So growing up, there's a little bit of an age difference between Nick and I, but we ended up being like brothers, cousins. I mean, it, we from little on we were together either at the store or at our homes so it feels like we're very close cousins is how i would describe it but yeah it's been you know we both had very similar experiences growing up in the business so yeah nick do you have any anything to add to that of course only good things (laughs) yes yeah yeah so so dave was a little bit older what was it six seven years um, so we didn't really go to high school together. We were always sort of out of that range of actually knowing them in like their mm-hmm. regular life. It was always just like, if you had that, that family friend or that cousin that you went to every week, but 
never like never had to take care of anything in like another form. It was always we're either we were doing stuff at the store or we also got really involved in um, some festivals in town where we did like there's a Audubon Days festival that for some reason our parents decided to take that on every year. Yeah. And we were always involved. So we worked together inside the store and outside the store quite often. Oh, that's cool. Um, so do you still, are you still involved in that? Or is that a thing that's still going on? Um, the festival? I'll let Dave take this one. <laughs> um, so I'm still pretty involved in the Mayville community. Um, I, we're still a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I sit on the... Um, the um, advisory board for the Main Street Redevelopment Group. Um, I'm also some other volunteers. I'm since we took over the business, kind of took a step back from the volunteering and festivals to try to concentrate our time on taking over the business. But yeah. it's something that's kind of always been that uh, kind of a love of life with you know having people come together and you know see everybody get happy, be happy for a weekend. You know, it's always kind of been a something I've enjoyed giving back to the community and I hope to in the future be able to start doing that again. Yeah. So when you tell us a little bit about when you guys, um, I know you were both kind of approached to consider becoming co-owners and how did you kind of work all that out? And what was it something each of you at some point had wanted to become an owner or own your own business? Like what were, what what was that kind of next step like? And, and then how long did the process take from kind of the first discussions about it to then the keys and the title and everything's over and it's in your guys's names. So for me, I, it's always was a dream since I was in high school. I yeah. kind of tailored my education in college to be able to go back into a small business. And um, that was it, when I was in high school, I was an FFA and I was selected as a winner for um, my experience here in their SAE program. And the big article was, is, you know, a student wants to own his own hardware store someday. So it's kind of always been what my goal in life was. Uh, Nick took a little bit more convincing to come back, but I, I think I won him over on that pretty yeah. easy with a trip to a true value market in Dallas. So we had plenty to discuss there. But then it was... You know, we sat down with um, the the Shannons and Perrys, who were the previous owners, and we worked through a transition plan. Um, it was about a almost a one year transition, well, about nine month transition plan we put together, and then it was on January fifteenth of twenty twenty we officially signed the thousands of documents and signed our life away, and we're given the keys to the business. Um, it was probably one of the scariest days. I think I you, the most anticipated, but probably one of the scariest days that we've gone through. So, yeah, Nick, um, what was that like for your it, family when you finally agreed to to join join the team? Officially, it was definitely a it was a, a weight off their shoulders. Yeah, but yeah, as Dave alluded to, there was quite a bit of convincing that went on to get me involved, and. I think it sort of comes from my experience as a child, you know, sort of coming in the store. And I never really thought I would be a future owner of the store. Yeah. I was always an employee, but I, I never really felt like that was the position that I was going to do in life. Um, and it really wasn't until my experience in another retail environment where I realized this is something that I can see myself doing. Yeah. Um, 
and I never had like I think one of the one of the reasons that I knew maybe I I don't don't want to take this on because I always knew like Dave was the person who would be buying the store in the future. Yeah, like it was very obvious from a you know even as a child like Dave wants to own this store and he wants yeah. to run this store, and that's fantastic, and that's really my experience at you know Walgreens was. I can, the hardware stores, I'd rather be, if I'm going to be in retail, the hardware store is the line of business to be in. And there's no one better to be in with Dave. Dave is very, very business minded. And he knew what he was coming into from, well, from high school when he was doing his SAE project. I love it. It's kind of like manifesting. Like I know some people probably find that hokey, but it's like whatever you focus on and the thing, like you were pouring your energy into the business and taking over ownership and now you're an owner, which is awesome. But I'm sure, and I didn't even have, have this as a question um, that I sent over to you guys, but um, so you signed the papers in January of 2020 and then uh, was March of 2020, a little bit of a stressful experience as new owners of a business. Like, I don't know if we want to devote too much time to it. Cause I think we've all talked and thought and discussed, you know, COVID and p- the pandemic Um you know, for over a year now, but like, what was that kind of experience as new owners? I, I, I'm with COVID. I would kind of left us a little speechless where it was uh, never the decisions you thought you'd have to be making, especially, you know, less than 60 days after buying a business. I I think Nick and I both kind of had that conversation of what have we gotten ourselves into, you know, and, you know, you go from some of the most joyous times of like, yeah, we're starting a small bit, you know, we're taking over a small business and this is ours to, you know, what does this really mean? And are we going to make it through it? Um, I mean, luckily, I mean, Nick's parents and Chris and Barb were there 100% to support us. It was um, probably, you know, we sat down with them and said, okay, what did you do to the 2008 crisis with the financial crisis? And maybe we can learn something from that. So at that point we hit the brakes and a couple of weeks later, you realize it's the exact opposite and have to slam on the accelerator and, you know, just follow the business is where it took us. And I mean, and to be honest, it was amazing to be back in small communities to be able to deal with COVID in truly small communities where everybody cares about everybody. Every small business owner cares about the other small business owners. And that sense of community is really what helped pull us through it. Yeah. Um, and I think, and, and you guys can let me know what your experience was, but from a lot of retailers I've spoken with, um, you know, because the hardware and home improvement industry was deemed essential, um, you know, in the very beginning, you were still seeing a lot of people and then throughout, I mean, everyone's been stuck at home. So what are they doing? Working on home improvement projects. So have you, did you see an increase in, you know, people coming through and working on different DIY things or needing different products from you? Like how, what was the, um, what was that like? And then was every, did you kind of come up with a system with your employees and things like that? Yeah. So I, I mean, when we got into April of 2020, sales were surging like they were in hardware. Um, the one thing we decided to do was we did do some, originally we were doing um, employee sharing between the two stores. So we isolated the, the two stores from each other that we no longer had employee sharing in case there was, you were in unknown times. So you wanted yeah. to try to protect the two businesses as much as you could. Um, and then it was just, 
we ended up being very lucky that we had some of our college students that returned early and they were looking for employment because their colleges had shut down. So they were able to help us through the surge. We were able to deal with the merchandise shortages by just trying to think think creative and Mm -hmm. getting people through their projects. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it, Nick? Did you, were your parents, uh, coming in at all and, and, you know, helping or were they like, you know, more moral support and still staying back so you guys could kind of do your thing. So how we sort of split our um, employees up is that Dave stayed in Mayville because he lives here and I live a little closer to Camelsport. So mm-hmm. I sort of ran the Camelsport store while Dave ran Mayville and my parents continued uh, employing or, you know, working for the Mayville store. Okay. So Dave was able to get his relief with them um, and... And so the Campbell store is a little bit slower. So we were able to sort of take that loss yeah. of, you know, employees. And we, we cut our hours down a little bit and we were able to uh, really have our managers at the store the entire time. Yeah. So we always had a really helpful sales force. How do you lead an effective retail team? NHPA's Leading Your Team course teaches managers how to resolve conflict, how to establish trust, how to develop talent among your staff, how to improve team communication, and so much more. This course is offered online and is geared towards new and seasoned managers. Enroll today no matter where you might be on your management journey. Visit yournhpa.org FOL for more information. Can you tell me, I guess, a little bit about like your early years uh, working in the business and um, what are some of your like favorite memories from from when you were first in the business? Obviously, Nick, you you grew up there and then Dave or David, you were there a long time as well. But are there any things that really stood out to you? And then um, what have you enjoyed in the past year as owners together? So I guess I'd start with um, some of my best memories is actually probably working with Nick's grandfather, Jerry. I mean, he, I would kind of go back to saying he probably taught me a lot of the core values of retail that I know today. And I think I was given the opportunity. He was, when I first came into the business, he ran the pet departments and the lawn and garden departments in both stores. So I was able to really kind of work alongside him, even I was only uh, 14 at the time, but work alongside him and learn those two businesses quite well. And I mean, lawn and garden would be my favorite um, category today that I've been working in. And I think a lot of it comes back from what um, Nick's grandfather had taught me about it. Definitely. What about you, Nick? So in 2002, I believe it was at the store, we actually, in Mayville, we brought in Radio Shack as a dealer. Sure. So we had a whole Radio Shack department here and that was sort of, I was still young at that point. I wasn't even in high school, but that really sculpted a lot of my life. So I really got involved in electronics and that's sort of the department that I really took ownership of. And that's sort of what drove me into my future career at the arena was the Radio Shack alone. Um, Mm -hmm. So really, you know, electronics, electricity, power, everything along those lines is what I was really getting better at. Yeah. And the rest of the hardware store was something that you don't really realize, but everyone's brain is a sponge. And even though you're not thinking that you're learning all the ins and outs of all these different departments, it's all sticking in there, that's for sure. Yeah. And when you think about, too, going into 
another retail operation and working for like Walgreens, which is a corporation that's been along a long t- around a long time, um, you probably were able to bring some of the stuff you learned from growing up in your own family business there that you were able to implement that even they weren't doing. And then I don't know if there's anything that you were able to take from your time at Walgreens that you were able to kind of play back into your business as well. I, when I was my time at Walgreens, I really became like their merchandising guy. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things that it's, it's hard to teach in a corporate level, the proper way of sort of setting a, an aisle an end cap or a whole department. Um, but being mm-hmm. that we had to do every single step in a, in our store, it really sort of helped knowing why, yeah. why we do some of the things in those bigger stores like that. When they just, they give you a, a picture, a di- diagram, and then they tell you do it exactly like this. And when it doesn't work out that way, almost most of the stores in green Bay would then come to me going, well, how did you do it in this store? Why does yours work? And none of the other ones work. And it's just because, well, sometimes you can't set it to the picture they give you. And that's yeah. really what, Yeah. even as a customer going to a hardware store, you're learning that there's hundreds of ways to do the same project and some are right and some just don't work out. What are the things, I guess, for both of you that um, really stood out and maybe positive from the past year of you know, now your owners and is there anything that you have learned along the way that even with all the research and stuff you thought planning for it, you weren't expecting? I mean, obviously COVID was one thing no one was expecting, but like, was there anything you learned as a new owner that you hadn't considered or thought about? I think a lot of it is kind of the expect the unexpected. Mm I mean, Nick and I, we went into this, we had our five-year plan all laid out of what we were going to do after we bought the business. And I mean, COVID, luckily we had the plan because actually COVID helped accelerate some of those things that year five happened in year one. And uh, I mean, it's amazing where we had to, you know, just adapt to the business. I mean, on my desk, on my bulletin board, I have a article and it says, you know, retail isn't dead, boring retail is dead. I like that. Just always trying to think, yeah. And it's just, how do we make the store exciting? I mean, it's always, you can't do the same old thing every time. You have to have exciting merchandise, new categories, and just, you got to keep your customers engaged. Shopping has to be an experience. Even in hardware, it has to be an experience. And I think, you know, the um, Nick's parents and Chris and Barb, really, that was what they believed. And I mean, we probably have some of them very unique hardware stores from some of the categories that we're carrying, you know, everything from you know, fashion apparel to, you know, nuts and bolts you can find in our stores. And it's always, how do you keep those mixes moving forward? So has it been tough not being able to go to, um, like look the trade shows. So like you guys are members of true value. Do you miss being able to go to the reunions or, um, are you going to continue to, are you going to return once that kind of opens back up? Um, as an opportunity. Oh, definitely going to return. I, I think the in-person is so important to be, you know, th- you need to find product knowledge. You need to find new products that are innovative. And it's, I mean, you can do it on a digital platform, but it's not yeah. the same. And you can't, it it takes you too much time. Even though you got all the travel time involved doing it in person, I think it's a lot more efficient to do it in person. Um, we still have been attending some smaller regional shows for some of our specialty categories, but 
even those have been scaled back and I mean, it helps, but I think in-person is very important. So what are kind of the things that both of you guys are uh, like, what are your roles in the business? And I feel like I'm kind of getting a, a taste of it. It seems like David, you're kind of the, um, the entrepreneurial, like you've been eating, breathing, like the hardware industry, which is awesome. And then Nick, I get the sense that are you kind of the like tech side and you have some of that knowledge that you're bringing to the table as well. Like what are kind of your roles? Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'd love to hear kind of what, what each of you do in your positions. Well, Dave, definitely on business, like the operation of the store, marketing, payroll, everything that sort of goes on behind the scenes, that's where David is an expert at. Yeah. And that's where I know that I struggled and I will continue to struggle in those departments. Yeah. But I mean, that's why the co-ownership works so well. Yeah. And sort of my expertise are definitely, I have a very engineering minded, uh, you know, set. And yeah. every time we have a new department coming in, it's sort of the merchandising. That's something that, I know I'm very good at, and mm -hmm. that's where I excel the most. And I really depend on Dave to tell me that, well, we can't carry every item that's yeah. out there. So you really have to scale it back and find out which <laughs> ones are perfect. And I can take the time and, you know, sort of work that through. Yeah, I would completely agree with what Nick said. I I love numbers. I think numbers, numbers don't lie. And I, I've lived, you know, a better portion of my professional life in spreadsheets, so I enjoy all that. But I also enjoy working with people. Um, I, I enjoy the customer interactions. Nick is much more definitely the creative side. Well, what's cool though is it seems like you guys are kind of like yin to each other's yang. So you like kind of balance each other out and bring, like you said, Nick, different things to the table um, that the other maybe isn't. That's not necessarily their strong suit, but then together you're like an awesome team and can really um, do some cool things, which is, which is what you love to see. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of retailers out there who are like, I wish I had a other half that did all that other stuff that I'm, you know, like for me, if I was in the hardware industry, I do not think I would be the creative. I would not be the number crunching gal, although I wish I could be, but that's just not my forte. Um, so what are some of the like long-term goals you guys have? And I know you were mentioning saying that COVID actually helped um, springboard you a little faster than you even initially thought because you had all these plans set in place already and you were able to start tackling them. But what are some things that you're looking forward to, to doing in the next few years? Yeah, we're kind of in an assessment point on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, just you know, a little background on the businesses. Both of our stores actually started as Ben Franklin Five and Dime stores. Yeah, so I mean, so Nick's um, grandfather actually started the business with a Ben Franklin five and dime store in Campbellsport. Um, that was in the '60s. The Mayville store was added in um, 1986, and I mean, they carried, you know, health and beauty aids, clothing, fabric, crafts. I mean, that's where the business started. Um, in the late '90s and early 2000s, with the emergence of Walmart taking over the variety business, it was decided. For the businesses survive, we have to evolve. So that's when um, both stores added hardware and under the True Value banner. Um, you know, and as the business progressed, I mean, we went through probably almost 10, 15 years of where the business was pretty much half Ben Franklin, half True Value. And 
um, kind of the part with us taking over the business was to start shedding some of the the Ben Franklin portion because uh, I hate to say it, but the numbers didn't make sense anymore. So um, that was a lot more of, we thought it would be a slower process, but with COVID, we found our business changed so quickly that it gave us the opportunity to accelerate some of those changes where we exited some of the, the craft business that we were still involved in you know, and reinvested in, you know, home decor is still a huge category for us. We were able to exit crafts and reinvest in home decor. Um, the other part was yeah, the retail landscape, especially in the Midwest, has been changing significantly. Um, Shopco um, had a store located in Mayville, one really close to Campbellsport, and both of those closed in 2019. So all of a sudden we had these huge opportunities in the housewares category. So we've been trying to catch up with that and evolve the business to fill that niche as well, because our customers are craving the products. So we had, you know, to try to meet their needs and keep them in our community. So how do you guys kind of split up your time between both of the stores? And I like what you're saying about um, the past kind of five years, really focusing on how to align the stores together um, so that, would you say your customers are aware that both stores are under your guys's like company umbrella or how is, how do you communicate that to the communities and, and that type of thing? Yeah. So I'm primarily in the Mayville store. Nick's primarily in the Campbell sports store. So we each manage each store in that fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a weekly meeting where one of us visits the other person's store have an agenda that we go through kind of walk through the store and it's kind of a another set of eyes is amazing sometimes that you see yeah. what you miss um we probably talk four times a day on the telephone it seems it's you know we're constant communication or texting in the middle of the night of oh yeah we were supposed to talk about this let's make sure we remember about that yeah i, I think i mean the communication's key and it's always kind of amazing what what one of us sees and what the other one doesn't see, but it, it kind of works right together. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's, what's the Campbell sports store like Nick? What, what's that experience like? And I wonder is today your meeting day? Cause you're together. Are you going to knock two birds out one stone? Usually every time we, one of us goes to the other store or we see each other, even if it's just at someone's house, it's always another meeting. We'll go yeah. over everything just like we always do. Um, which is really what makes it a lot easier for me because the transition from not working in the store for five years to coming back is a lot of it that either is being relearned or I'm learning for the first time because I never took it too seriously when I was young. Um, Yeah. So a lot of these things that I rely on day for is we're constantly working them out during our meetings and uh, usually over the phone calls because it's something that I've never experienced before and I'm going to him for all the answers but um it's sort of to go back to the the, your yin and yang thing is that it's we it's amazing how much we learn just from the other person looking at it but it's amazing how when i or like if i'm trying to solve a problem at the camel sports store and then i come to dave about that same problem when we meet it's amazing how many times we have the exact same answer for what we were planning for. Even if we've never discussed the topic before, we all come in and go, oh, I was just thinking this yesterday as well. And it's like the exact same plan or the plan. So yeah. it's it's great to have our meetings because if there is something that you know one of us has been thinking about 
it's we sort of flesh out the details and usually we had the same plan already and Dave is much more calculated and he does a lot more um, number research and I go a lot more with my gut and it's sort of amazing how much even though we go two different routes to find an answer our answers are always the same what are some things that you're doing in your stores whether I know we've talked about merchandising but do you, you know, when, when we don't have a global pandemic, are you big on events? Do you do things with social media and marketing? Um, are there other areas of the business you're wanting to explore or do more with? I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about those aspects of, of running an, a, a business like yours. I think definitely events is a pre-COVID was a huge part of our business. It was yeah. what we wanted to expand on. And that obviously kind of fell apart. Um, we did attempt to do some stuff around Christmas time that was, you know, COVID safe, which was very successful. Um, but, you know, normally we did multiple garden events. We would do fall events. And um, I really look forward to the time where we can bring those back. And it, cause it allows you a different way to engage with your customers and kind of show off, you know, some of your product knowledge and, and the products you carry. And it's kind of the you know, one part that I'd really say I missed from last year. Yeah. What about you, Nick? It sounds like merchandising might be your baby, but are there other aspects of, of the business that you really enjoy too? Um, I actually really like learning all the details of the different departments, whereas yeah. more like learning every code that has to do with plumbing, electrical. Um, I like having all the answers for a customer when they come in, even if it's a contractor who knows way more than I do about a topic. It's yeah. nice to be able to sort of stay with them and be able to give them the right answer that they're looking for, or just to know, you know, what they're talking about in the first place. And I think that's something that, you know, you can, you can know the back end of a business, you can know how to merchandise perfectly, but if you can't help a customer, whether it's a DIY customer or even the most experienced customer that was out there if you can't help them with what they're looking for it's going to be very difficult to run a hardware store in particular what uh what were what what would you say your customer or your employees are like um and about how many people do you employ um and what's what's your relationship like with them so each store has about 10 to 15 employees um okay. mabel has a few few more than campbell sport does um Really, I kind of look at most of my employees as family almost. Yeah. I mean, it's you. It's I think that's the way to you have to respect respect your employees, and I think if you treat them like family, that means you're respecting them, um, and you're always concerned about what's going on in their life, and you know how can you help support it mm -hmm. as well. And it's I mean, and not that you like to see employees go, especially you know your younger employees. It's always great to, to be able to help them take that next step in their career and yeah. kind of, you know, kind of a little bit of like the mentoring hybrid with, you know, giving the person their first job, you know, while they're in high school and helping them figure out what that next step is in their life, I think is, it's kind of a lot. I think it's, it's pretty rewarding part of the job. Sure. Have you had people like come back and see you and be like, you know, reminiscing about the old days when they were at the store or anything like that. Oh yeah. That, that's the fun about the holidays is when everybody comes back home and you get to yeah. see the people you 
worked with before that, you know, and they tell you, oh, yeah, now I have this, you know, amazing job, but, uh, you know, it's always my job back at, you know, well, for most of them, it's my job back at Ben Franklin was, yeah. you know, kind of what my stepping stone was. So laid the foundation. That's cool. Yep. Um, so what, what do each of you, I guess, when you think about the home improvement industry, um, what do you enjoy the most about it? And, um, you know, I know we kind of touched upon getting back to trade shows, but like, are you, do you enjoy going and visiting other retailer stores or like, what's, what are some of the things that you do, um, to stay engaged in the industry? And, um, I just love to hear kind of your perspectives on it. So the best thing I love about the hardware industry is actually helping people solve problems. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's great that you have people that come into your store with a problem and you can send them out with a solution then with how they can fix it. Um, I, I love visiting hardware stores. I hate to say that I've taken multiple road trips and my road trip was planned around how, uh, how many hardware stores could I stop on? You know, yeah. the, I, I was two years ago, I went out to Iowa for, a. um, uh, for a meeting and my, what should have been like a three hour trip took me like almost 10 hours because I had to stop at every hardware store along the way and check it out and get some new ideas. And you come back with your camera full of all kinds of different display ideas and products that you, you know, didn't know existed out there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I, I, I love going to hardware stores and sometimes even, you know, when you can find the really old ones in old downtowns that doesn't look like they've been touched for 60 years. It's just so cool to always check those out. Yeah. It's like Even, walking into a, I, into a I do, time um, machine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, some mission work in um, Belize in Central America. Oh, wow. And whenever I've been on those trips, I always try to find a hardware store to visit, which probably seems a little crazy, but I've been to probably a quarter of the hardware stores in Belize by now. So <laughs> so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, what about you? What are you, what are your kind of um, favorite parts of being in this industry and, and anything that inspires you about it? I would actually have to say that the knowledge of the knowledge that you can gain from helping every customer that comes through is just something that everyone should take very seriously. Um, that it doesn't, doesn't necessarily matter if you know all the right answers, it's about finding the right answers. And I think that's what I enjoy the most out of it. It's mm -hmm. whether a customer comes in who knows everything about a certain thing is just learning from those customers who, you know, if you can be humble enough to say, you know way more about this than I do and just, you know, listen to what they say. Um, yeah. And then in the situations where, you know, a customer is coming in for your opinion and you don't exactly know, don't just send them off with any product that you think might work. It's, you know, really dig into their project and find the right solution for them, not any solution. Um, yeah. And sometimes doing that, you send yourself on your own tangent of creating, you know, your project that you'll never ever do. Sometimes that's the way that I'll learn does my does my plumbing department have all the right pieces in it is you can just sort of say I don't need to redo the plumbing in my house but if I did what am I looking for and just to yeah. create a mock project of can I get every single one of these pieces at my store and you know you don't need to have four houses worth of it but 
as long as you can help that one customer that comes in with it, that's where I find that's fun for me is to do a lot of yeah. extra work for nothing sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So are, would you guys both say you're pretty handy on your own? I don't know if you are you living in houses yourselves and are you fixing stuff up or do or if not, then I, I would assume you have a lot of good contacts in town that could help you that are pros that might know how to do the job if you don't. I consider myself fairly handy. I just don't have yeah. the, the time necessarily to always tackle those projects, but uh, I enjoy, you know, you know, making something that, you know, yourself. Yeah. What about you, Nick? I probably have the most useless knowledge that someone could have because I'm not a homeowner yet, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I might just buy one that is close to being demolished and just rebuild it. Well, I feel like we've talked a lot about the business, um, kind of some of those areas of expertise you guys have, uh, talking about taking over a business uh, during a pandemic. Not many people can say they did that. So um, you get a gold star from from the industry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Maybe they're they're hearing this and, and they have an idea or they'd like to connect. What, what kind of things would you what do you say to someone who's either a new owner or looking into taking over ownership? Any words of wisdom? Uh, really, I'd say, you know, retail, I think, is kind of on a exciting new journey in yeah. general. You know, when when I told people that I'm getting into retail a couple of years ago, you know, that's when it was, you know, Sears is going bankrupt. Every retailer is going bankrupt. And, you know, they keep saying, you know, they were always like, well, why are you getting into an industry that's dying? You know, Amazon's going to take over the world anyway. So why are you getting into it? But I think retail, I think we're right on the horizon of, you know, a new, you know, a new future in retail. And I think a lot of it revolves around small businesses, yeah. actually, that, you know, the small business and retail is going to be very important in the, you know, the coming years. And I think it's, I'm kind of excited to be, you know, hopefully, you know, at the forefront of trying to, you know, you know, stick, you know, stick with retail and bring it back to our communities. I would have to say that being new to it, being semi-young, I suppose, um, keep the stores very clean and really keep it lively. I mean, yes, we need to target a lot of the youth that's coming into these towns, keeping them in the towns. It's a lot easier for them to just go off on Amazon and do their order like they do sometimes daily or, you know, they'll just go to a bigger box store just because they know they're going to have everything. And they're a little afraid to come into a old-timey hardware store that they don't really know what they're getting themselves into. So really just keeping it clean and keeping it sort of really neat, understandable for them. You know, sometimes it's good to have the one person that can answer all the questions but having a really organized department where they can answer some of the departments themselves, that really goes a really long way. Yeah. And sort of not having the de default answer as no, you know, just being really open to some of the new ideas and new products that are out there. Um, and just because something's worked for the last hundred years doesn't mean that there's not a new product that will replace that or can work alongside that. Definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and 
um, sharing your story with us. Uh, hopefully we can continue to stay in touch. And if there's ever anything exciting or going on with you guys, maybe once, uh, once my travels back up, I'll be able to come through and check out the store as well. Both of the stores. Excuse Definitely. me. Definitely. That'd be yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. This was a great experience. Today's retail market is rapidly changing. This year, gain the skills you need to grow your business and learn how to make a profit-focused strategy for the future. The NHPA Retail Management Certification Program will provide you with college-level training on everything from business strategy and financial management to marketing, merchandising, operations, and more. Classes are taught by successful retailers, industry experts, and collegiate professors. Don't wait. Classes start soon. Apply by July 1st to start your certification. Scholarships are also available. Learn more and apply today at yournhpa.org rmcp.